Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Dan and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. I am Tam, I am Tam, and I am Tam. And if you caught that, I said I am Tam three times because guess what? I am solo. Well, not completely solo. Kenny is going to chime in, but there is no Renee. And if you're wondering what, why, where? Yeah, I said what, why, and where. Renee is doing what he does best. No, all jokes aside, Renee did party hard. I'm not sure if you guys saw, but Renee was actually Freddie Mercury at the last Halloween party that he went to. But you guys will listen to this podcast before Halloween. But on Halloween day, make sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I'll be sure to post some video of Renee doing what he does best. Renee is actually working. If you are a first time listener to this podcast, I'm talking about Renee Garcia user on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and all that good stuff is it's Renee Garcia. Renee is actually working in Vegas. He's doing stand-up comedy at the Tropicana Club. So he is in the thick of Las Vegas, probably hot as hell because it's hot in Vegas around this time of year before it starts to cool off and gets a little bit chilly. I'm actually thankful and kind of glad that NASCAR decided to move the championship week from Las Vegas because it was cold in December. But with that being said, so it's just me and your boy Front Row Kenny. He is going to chime in later and tell you all about his weekend because Kenny was actually in Martinsville and he had a wonderful time and he was there live for all the action. And of course, yes, he was there to see Joy Logano and your boy Denny Hamlin. Not sure what was going on there, but Kenny was right there reporting live from on the scene. So he got a chance to see everything that went down. He was in the garage area when Chase had to call it a day and take his car there. He was all over the track. So Kenny is going to jump in a little bit later and tell you all about his experience. If you want to know what I did this weekend, I actually have been working on a shoot for six days straight. We live in Hollywood. This is what we do. So I was working on a production that the production days were what, 10 to 12 hours, which was a little bit bananas, a little bit out the norm for me, but hey, had a great time filming that. And I have been every single day for the last 10 days at someone's event or working on set or doing something crazy. So that's what's been going on with me. And if you're wondering what the hell is going on and why I'm solo, it's because I'm working and Renee is working and Kenny's actually working as well. So what we decided to do for this episode was kind of somewhat record separately, if that makes sense. So I'm going to tell you all of what I think about the last race and Kenny's going to chime in and tell you all his thoughts and yeah, and that'll be that. I didn't get a chance to watch the race in its entirety, so that's why I really didn't want to speak on it. I watched bits and pieces of it from my cell phone because I was working in the field, so I did catch a lot of great moments from the race, and I, of course, was following along on the Twitter, 
oh my God, I love social media for that one reason. When you're not able to actually watch something live, you can be there and catch up on everything or feel like you're there. Oh, and shout out to Renee's Astros, because if you listen to this podcast, you know that Renee is a huge Houston Astro fan and Kenny and Renee are Dallas Cowboy fans, but I can't really shout that out because the Cowboys aren't looking that good. Back to some NASCAR because you know it's hashtag Tam's rant and I go all the way to the left and to the right and there's no one to reel me back because I'm talking by myself, baby. So there's no telling what I'm going to say, but I'm definitely going to try to keep it short this podcast. What do I want to talk about? I don't have anyone to talk to. Well, you guys are listening. Let's see. We're headed to Texas. Oh, my boy, Tony Stewart. Smoke is going to be at CODA running a couple of laps. So I'm excited about that before the Formula One race. Who watches Formula One? Tweet us. Hit us up on Instagram. Shout us out and let us know. Do you watch all motorsports or are you just NASCAR fanatics? I did talk a little bit about this on social media, but I'll talk about it on the podcast. Do you guys know that NASCAR gear is like a huge thing amongst hipsters as well as Japanese people? So I went to this outdoor flea market and it was an abundance of NASCAR gear. I'm talking about planters, racing t-shirts, tie hats from back in the Waltrip era. Of course, it was some Dale Earnhardt Jr. number eight shirts. You name it, I saw it all. Ironically, I saw a lot of Tony Stewart gear, which was interesting. I saw a lot of Old Spice jackets, the NASCAR starter-like jackets. I saw Home Depot gear. It was actually pretty wild. And I talked to a few of the vendors that was selling some of the stuff. And they were like, yeah, we are selling out of NASCAR stuff. And both of those guys, without me even asking, said that the Japanese people come over when they're in the United States and they are in Los Angeles and they buy it all. And just so happened when I was at one of the vendors booth, they came in and they had, it was three people and they had three gigantic bags and they filled it up with all NASCAR gear. NASCAR, I don't know if it's still alive. I mean, we have our ups and downs. We love this sport. Sometimes the ratings are good. Sometimes the ratings are bad. It's always this, oh, NASCAR is not what it used to be. Maybe there is a way for the powers to be, the marketing gurus to tap in to this newfound love for NASCAR because these people don't know what they're watching. They're not even watching. They're just into the NASCAR gear. I said, shoot, maybe I need to take some of my autograph gear out and sell it. But I would never do that because those type of people, they don't know NASCAR, so they don't appreciate it. So I would never get rid of some of my autograph hats and die casts and all that to someone who doesn't know. But yeah, so that was a side note. What else? I I feel free because I can rant. But then you guys are like, no, don't rant. Who likes me ranting? Let me know. Hit me up. You can catch me on the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at I am Sincerely Tam. A few of you guys follow me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for following me. With that being said, I think I will turn it over to Kenny because I feel like I have so much to talk about. Let me get my notes. Hold on, folks. 
Let's see. I have some notes. I jotted down some things that I wanted to talk about. If you guys hear the paper rattling, that's just me checking out my notes. Because I just feel so lost without my partners in crime. Renee, Kenny, 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 Kenny. Okay, at this point, you know already about the tire specialist, which I'm sure Kenny will chime in and talk about. Joy Logano's tire specialist took Denny Hamlin down and he got taken down by NASCAR because he was suspended for one race. I don't know about you guys, but I'm also excited to see how this Bush and Eric Amarola situation is going to pan out. And that is Kyle Bush, because if you're not in the playoffs and you got beef, maybe just maybe you'll put somebody in the wall. I don't know. I don't know if Eric Amarola has it in him. I do know Kyle Busch has it in him to put him in the wall. So we'll see how that little tiff develops as well as Joy and Hamlin. At this point, both of them are still trying to advance to the round of four as in the championship four. So I don't think we will see any retaliation between Joy and Denny, at least in the next race. But who knows if one of them does not make it to the championship four, what's going to happen? If you didn't know, I do want to know from you guys, who do you have as your championship for? In this week's Twitter chat, you know, we like to have a Twitter party where we get all the NASCAR fans together and just talk NASCAR. We did post a question on our Twitter account. And if you aren't already following us, we are at Turns No Breaks. Of course, that's across Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I'm sure you guys are like, wait. Is this a promo? Yes, I shot it out. Is that a word? Shot it out? I shot it out. My username, I am Sincerely Tam. Kenny's user is Front Row Kenny. And Renee is, it's Renee Garcia. And of course, all Turns No Breaks can be found at Turns No Breaks. Getting back to what I was saying, because I think that was like the fourth hashtag, Tam's rent already. Oh my God, they cut me loose. I'm by myself. I don't know what to say and what to do. but. Yeah, so we posted on the Twitter, we wanted to know who did you have for your championship for? And we got some surprising responses. Let me tell you what the good folks out there in Twitterville had to say. Let's see. Timothy R. Newell, user TRN36Fan, he said that he had Blaney Bush Harvick, and of course, Truex, because he won and he already advanced in. And let's see, who else said what? We actually had quite a few people respond. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for participating and listening to the podcast. Good friend to the show, Charlie Balls. His user is Charlie, B-O-W-L-E-S-6. He said Kyle Busch Blaney, and he put hopeful in parentheses, and most likely Harvick and Logano sad emoji. Well, you can only pick three because Truex is already in, so not quite sure what that was about. Mick Rose and his user is GoDucks42 underscore Mick. He said Hamlin, Logano, and Harvick, and I'll just pick two more. Catherine Williams, she said Bush, Hamlin, and Logano. And John Mohan, I may have messed that up. Sorry, John, if you're listening. He said Hamlin, Harvick, and Blaney. What's a reoccurring theme is everyone's going for Hamlin or Harvick. 
for sure. Everybody has Hamlin. Just a friendly reminder, you know who, and I'm pointing at myself, who did I pick to win the championship this year before Daytona? Yes, I'm rolling with my boy Denny Hamlin, so let's see how that pans out. Without further ado, I'll let Kenny jump in and take it over. Nice talking with you guys. Kenny, what it do? Hey, what is going on all turns? No breaks, family. It is your boy, Kenny, a.k.a. Front Row Kenny. You guys know what it is. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Front Row Kenny. It's the same old dig. Just like here on All Turns, No Breaks, I'm always talking NASCAR, and typically I'm talking sports, too. Everything is happening. We are in the fall slash winter season where all sports are back in action. Basketball, hockey, football, you name it. Just about everything is on. And, of course, postseason baseball is a real, real big thing. But I hope each and every one of you is doing well. I was actually fortunate enough to be at Martinsville, and this was actually the first time I've been there in about two years, and it was pretty crazy because two years ago, I remember watching my first race at Martinsville. It was pretty wild, both the truck race and the cup race there that year, and as well as this year, which I'll get into a little bit later. But it seems like both years I've been, it seems like someone has gotten into a fight somehow, some way, and it has something to do with the racing, which is pretty damn crazy. But again, that is the element of short track racing, and short track racing brings on a whole nother element, and then we're in the playoffs. Playoffs? Yes, we're talking about the playoffs. And then on top of that, we're in the round of eight. So it's coming down to the nitty gritty. We only have a few more weeks left in the season as we get ready to navigate our way to Texas. Then all we got left after that is ISM Raceway, which is also known as Phoenix. And then to close out the season is at Homestead, Miami. And there'll only be four. You've got one locked in, and that's Martin Truex Jr., obviously. He dominated the show. He led 464 laps at Martinsville. And as a matter of fact, him and Denny Hamlin led the most laps in total. They led 492 laps combined. That's insane. The only other person that led anything else was Kyle Larson. He led six laps. And that's pretty crazy to think about, honestly, at a place like that. But I think what I'll do real quick is go to the top 10. Obviously, Martin Truex Jr. MTJ was your winner. Just flat out dominated all day long. Just had a really, really good car all weekend long. William Byron came in second, and Martin Truex had quite a funny comment about him thinking that uh, did Jeff Gordon come back in that car because he almost caught him. But I'll tell you guys exactly why he probably didn't get a chance to catch up with him, even though he seemed like he was getting closer and closer as the race closed down. But in third place was Brad Keselowski. Fourth place, Denny Hamlin, the man, the myth, the legend himself, a.k.a. the fighter. Ryan Blaney came home in fifth, Kurt Busch in sixth, a, se- a very quiet seventh-place finish for Kevin Harvick, eighth place the other fighter, Joey Logano, and ninth place was Kyle Larson, and to round out the top ten was Ryan Newman. So there goes your top ten, and I got to say one of the bigger notes was Bubba Wallace, who came home in 13th, and same thing with Corey LaJoy, who finished in 18th. Had Both of those guys had really, really solid days, not too bad. For those teams, smaller teams always try and bring out the best car that they can out to Martinsville. And I got to say, Corey LaJoy had a really, really cool paint scheme. If you guys haven't seen it, man, if you're a diecast collector, I think that's one you definitely got to pre-order. That Scooby-Doo car was sharp. And I mean, the team dressed up with the gear, the pit board. It, it was so cool. It, it is, it's really cool to see teams do that during what is almost Halloween, obviously during NASCAR's time. So I think that would be cool. Honestly, I think Martinsville should take on the fact that 
they're in this little time frame and I think they should try and have more Halloween themed cards because this was a thing at a point, but I definitely think it should be brought back. It was pretty neat. If we're going back to notables as well, Chase Elliott just did not have a good weekend whatsoever. On Saturday morning, just about five laps into the practice run, he just caught on fire. I was turning a corner and I look up to my right. I just see a ball of flame go up. So naturally, just like anybody else at the track, you're going to look straight up and try and see what's going on. And in my head said, one of my um, coworkers just mentioned that Chase Elliott caught on fire and think the engine expired, which is exactly what happened to him. It was quite unfortunate how that happened. And it just seemed like it was going to either be a very bad practice, but he got that happening early on Saturday morning where there was still another practice to go. You would think that that wouldn't hurt him as much and that wouldn't be the biggest issue at all. But it turned out that it was a terrible weekend. He broke an axle very early in the race and he was 53 laps down by the time he came out and pretty much he really just tried to salvage whatever he could he was in 38th but he managed to move up to 36 which isn't really going to make too much of a difference in terms of the points for him but I guess it's better than finishing dead last if I'm being honest Eric Almarola also finished in 37th same thing with Jimmy Johnson he had a rough day as well Eric Almarola actually was tagged up with Kyle Busch so those two got into it as well, which is kind of crazy because Kyle still finished the race with a very mangled race car in 14th place. And Almirola wasn't too happy with him. He said, and I quote, he said he's going to make the rest of the playoffs hell for him. Personally, I really don't think Almirola is going to try and ruffle his feathers. Now, if someone like Denny Hamlin said that or Kyle Busch said that himself, which he also said he's not really concerned about it, which I get. I'm all the way with Kyle Busch on this one. It's pretty interesting to see someone like that get flared up, but I just don't think it's going to be much more of it, honestly. I I don't. I just really don't see him being that type of person. I don't think he has that type of aggression, honestly. I don't know what more he's going to do, and I really don't think he will retaliate like some people may think he will, but that's just my take. I'm I'm taking it from my perspective on it. Of course, you guys can always send us a tweet at turns no breaks, and you can give us your opinion on it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just really don't. Then, of course, we had the other scuffle, which was the one that everyone has been talking about for the uh, last uh, 24 hours or so or 48 hours or so prior to the race. We had Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano go at it on pit road. And I was on the other side trying to get the victory lane to take pictures of Martin Truex's car. And then all I hear is the fans going crazy. I look up at the screen and those two are just going at it. It was pretty crazy how all that ended up turning out. Like, I mean... Nobody in their right mind could have called or could have thought that was going to happen. I thought tempers might have flared at Martinsville, like I had said on Twitter earlier that day, but I really didn't think that it was going to escalate to the point of we got a legitimate fight and we've actually got something happening out here. And it did. And it turned out into a very odd brawl. And as a matter of fact, the, the Penske's Penske's tire technician, Dave Nicholas Jr., actually got suspended because if you guys watch the video, he's the one who pulled Denny Hamlin to the ground, and that's where that's happening. And so that was pretty crazy. And just the way it happened, it was true Joey Logano fashion, I think. I could have asked for more for him to do something like that. It seemed like Joey Logano was just going to kind of talk to him and just kind of do his thing, or as how Denny, Denny Hamlin would say, eh, you know, it's just called short track racing. 
You know, he did his impression, and I still think <laughs> that's one of the funniest things I have ever seen in NASCAR. It was hilarious. Quite a few people can do a pretty good Joey Logano impression, including Tam. <laughs> so we got quite a bit of drama just out of that solely. It almost sucked the complete life out of the fact that Martin Truex dominated the show. That story itself dominated headlines for most of most of the day right after the race, so... It was a pretty unreal scene because I know those two got into it, of course, on track, but I didn't think they were going to get to that point. It it was just funny because Denny was like, look, you want to go? I I can go. (laughs) I think if we're talking about drivers who have that type of moxie, I think Denny Hamlin is one of them who might actually beat the hell out of somebody, if anything. I don't see that in Joey. I don't see that in the Eric Amarola, and I don't see that in March Rex Jr. either. You know, that's not to take away from either of those guys, but I just don't see that same type of aggression where you can get it out of Denny or you can get it out of Kyle Busch, for example. I think guys like that are the ones you would expect for them to retaliate to somebody. I think, if anything, they'll do it. But Joey, no, I don't think so. And so obviously the biggest debate, and it has been ever since the last time we've had an altercation like this, which was back at Kansas with Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer, I think that Having the crew members get involved, I get it when it comes to protecting your driver and protecting your team in that essence. I get it. I do. But I think that we have an issue with, I think I I personally have an issue with having the pit crew members get involved rather than just drivers go toe to toe. If we're going to have the moment of boys have at it, I think boys have at it probably does need to stay that way. And it needs to just be between those two until somebody's on the ground. Again, just like I said last week on the podcast, I'm really stern with my opinion on having it to be NHL style. If it's NHL style and you have these two guys just go at it, do what they have to do, and okay, when they get on the ground, pull them away. I think that's just the simplest thing in the world to do, if I'm being quite honest. Like, I don't know what more it should be because it seems like every time the crew members get involved, it just kind of kills a moment in a way. And I mean, this isn't the first time or the last time this is ever going to happen, for one. And I always thought it was kind of interesting that NASCAR actually suspended him. And a lot of people actually were thinking that that's what should have happened because of the way he pulled him down. It should have just been, you know, Hamlin versus Logano. I get it because I'm on the same side of that. Now, of course, heading into this, I didn't think they were going to suspend him, honestly. I didn't, but per the NASCAR rulebook, correct and proper conduct on both off on and off the track as part of a member's responsibilities, member-to-member confrontation with physical violence, which in section 12.81c, that classified as it. So it was within the rules, and surprisingly enough, like that was a call, and that's what they made it happen. And, you know, like I said, people are, you know, okay with that. Some people think it should be longer than that. I'm not really too sure how much more you could have done if you wanted to, I guess, in this situation, suspend him for the rest of the season. I don't know. I don't know if it it went that far. Maybe if he threw a punch or something like that, I could see why you want to say get rid of him for the rest of the season. But I don't think that it should have just came down to just this one moment. And this is the first time we're going to see this, but it did. And, And now we've, I guess you could say the bar has been set now. So moving forward, I just think that we have to do something about the pick crew members and the drivers. If they get into it, they get into it. But I do also want to point out, I'm not just, I'm not discrediting, obviously, the faces that we have on pit road because they play a, a huge role. They do. 
whether you know it or not, they do play a huge role. And I think they're just as important as everybody else in the team. Don't get me wrong. But I just think in that time frame, I think it just needs to be driver to driver when we're when we're going toe to toe, when we're fighting and when emotions are high. And thank goodness for Martinsville, because I think that's what it brings out every every single time. And it's going to be really exciting next season in the spring when it's under the lights completely. So that one's going to be even crazier, especially during that time of the year. I don't know if tempers will flare as much, especially given the fact that it'll be in the regular season rather than the playoffs. But we're damn sure in for a good one in May next year when it's under the lights. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty eventful um last few moments of the race because this is a perfect segue. I know a lot of fans have talked about this all season long. Obviously, the package this, the package this, the package this, the package that, right? It's a big to- it's a big topic. It's a big conversation point. And it was going to be one dating all the way back to last December when we got the, the or at least last October or so when we got the news about how it was going to change. And then we saw the first test. And a lot of people were very skeptical about it. And some people still remain that way. Personally, what I'll say about it is the intermediate tracks, I think, have you, you found the happy medium. I think that is where they need to be, especially given a mile and a half tracks for most fans haven't been, it hasn't been very enjoyable for them in the past. And now you've had some pretty crazy ones. An example, Kansas in the spring, even the Coke 600 was pretty entertaining. Chicagoland was one hell of a race. I really enjoyed it. Michigan was okay. Thought it was pretty cool. It had its moments in it. Um, obviously I can talk about the rest of them, but this is off the top of my head with most people have talked about all season long. I think the super speedway racing is probably just about where it needs to be. I don't think that needs to be touched at all. Whether we go, when we go to the new car, I don't think that needs to be touched at all. I think it is perfect. Now, as far as the short tracks and the road courses, I think that's where the damage was done the most. I feel like all season long, I feel like that's where people really had the talking points of, you know, I don't know what happened to it. I don't know what this is. It's not what it used to be, which I can agree with a hundred percent. It was very different. Clean air a- anywhere is going to be king, but. It just seemed like every single time at both short tracks and road courses, no matter how close you got to a guy, it was very hard to pass him or damn near impossible to pass him. I think that's where the issue lies. And that's what we want to see. And just like I had mentioned before, Martin Truex Jr. had thought that William Byron, they had put Jeff Gordon in William Byron's car because he seemed like he was running so good, which he was. And that second place finish, I don't think really completely dictates how well of a car he really had there in Martinsville on, on Sunday. I thought he had a really, really fast car, and it seems like just with the connection between him and Chad Canals, it's definitely been a difference to him this season, I think. And I think next year he may be even stronger than what people may think. He may be a sleeper pick next year for your 2020 playoffs, I think, because I feel like he's progressed much, much more in this, in this season now. I think he's done a lot more. I think he's going to be really, really good as time moves along. And once he gets that first win off under his belt, he's probably going to end up just like a chase and have much, much better luck and much, much better confidence moving forward. But William Byron just couldn't do anything. I don't think if he got to him, he would have been able to pass him. I just think that with the big blades on the back of the cars and the extreme levels of downforce, I think this sort of kind of harms the product. And it's weird for me to say that at a short track because I love Martinsville and I love short track racing, if you guys don't know. That's like one of my favorite parts of the year. I literally love short track racing. It is so much fun. Like it is incredibly fun, but I don't know what it was. I mean, three lead changes is just what you need to say. And that's just not what, what you imagine going to Martinsville. If you go back to the spring, I was a little worried as it is. And same thing with Kislowski. He dominated the spring. It was his world. And as a matter of fact, 
the domination to the point for him was even he ran straight through that field, didn't even bring that car back to Martinsville for the fall race. Reason why there's been some changes with a few things and they could bring the car back. So he had to make a difference. I mean, he had to make a change in the car. He ran well, but still that dominating show he put on was unreal. And I honestly thought that maybe coming into the fall where temperatures were going to be a little bit different, we weren't going to see the same exact thing. It was going to be much, much more different, but that's not exactly what we got. We got a dominating show by Martin Truex and he took the field to the woodshed. Like he literally just dominated. It was ridiculous. I think he's led the most. I think that was the most laps led by a winner. I want to say since 92. It's been a long time since it's happened like that. But again, correct me if I'm wrong on the year, but it was a dominating show. And that's not what you want to see at a short track. I'm not saying that it can't happen. But what what I'm saying is there should be an ample amount of opportunity for somebody to have the ability to pass. And I just think that we got to go back to the small blades in the back and take it down for us off. We got the 750. I just think they just need the small blades and, and less downforce so that they can actually pass each other. And you can truly see comers and goers when that happens. And that's the beauty of short track race. And that's what I always love about it. Of course, you got like guys like, you know, Bubba Wallace and Corey LaJoy finishing the top 20 and doing, doing well. Like that's a very good thing. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but that's the par- the parody that it brings to the track. I like that. But I think it also would, would help if. We got a lot of head down for us removed. I think we could have definitely got a better show, if I'm being honest, because I don't think if we didn't have that fight, I think this conversation would have been very different at the water cooler than it would have been at any other time. Because at the moment, it just seemed like it was just a Joe Gibbs show, and that was all we were really riding for. But needless to say, overall, Martinsville was cool. I don't think that's the best race I personally have seen there, but it was it was okay for what it was, I think. And Martin Truex is now obviously locked into the championship four, so he's going to be moving along on to the next round of the playoffs with no issue, and he doesn't have to think about Texas ISM really. So he's in pretty good hands. And if the season, in, excuse me, and if the if ISM was to be this past weekend, then it would be Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Joey Logano in the final four. So currently, the guys that are looking on the outside looking in. Kevin Harvick, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, and Chase Elliott, who is the furthest back and has quite a bit of work to do, 44 points behind the cut line. So it's a tough deal for Chase Elliott, obviously. Mathematically, he could still move along on points, but that was that would take a lot of help, obviously. But it's going to seem like it'll be a win or bust for him in order to get in. I think Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, and Harvick can truly point their way, way in if Kyle Busch and Joey, for whatever reason, have a terrible Texas, then that can make a lot of things move. It's possible for these things to happen, but you may never know. So heading into Texas, it could be very, very interesting. And speaking of Kyle Busch, as a matter of fact, in the championship for his KBM driver, Ty Gilliland, won the truck race on Saturday. And he had some pretty interesting words to say about him. Let's just say he told Kyle Busch, you know, you might as well go ahead and stay at your motorhome, right? It was a very emotional year for that team. Todd Gilliland had and Harrison Burton have been, you know, pretty much ridiculed via media by their owner, who is Kyle Busch. And it hasn't been very kind to to their mindset and especially to young drivers. And Todd Gilliland finally got that off his shoulder. And a lot of people were talking about that. I doubt that he'll get any trouble for what he said. I'm not going to say exactly what he said. You guys know exactly what he said, but it was, um, <laughs> it was interesting. I'll, I'll say that it was interesting, but uh, quite a, 
quite a crazy show. Unfortunately, Fox Sports 1 couldn't get the end of it. It was a pretty wild day just overall. So just had to throw that little tidbit in there about Martinsville. And I think the only other thing I have left is the fact that we've got Tony Stewart back in a cup car. Now, he's not going full time. Don't get too excited. That's not the, that's not what's happening here. But obviously, if you guys follow Formula One heading into Austin this weekend, which is in Texas, he will be driving a stock car at Coda or Circuit of the Americas. Guys don't know. He'll be doing a couple demo laps there on Thursday, which is pretty neat. He hasn't been in a cup car since 2016 when he retired. So it's been about three years since Smoke has been in a cup car. So I thought that's pretty interesting news that came out not long ago, but I think that's a pretty cool deal. Roman Grosjean and Kevin Madison will actually get a chance to get a lesson from him. They'll, I think they'll have a passenger seat in the car, so they'll actually get a chance to ride with him. And I'm not sure if they're going to drive as well, but... I think that's a pretty cool conjunction with the F1, the Haas F1 team and the cup, cup team of Stuart Haas Racing. So that's pretty neat. I think that's a pretty cool deal. I hope someone has video footage of it because I thought at, at the Roval not long ago when Joseph Newgard took those IndyCar laps, I thought that was pretty badass. I never have seen a, I've never in my life seen an IndyCar up person that is. So I'm sure there'll be some F1 fans that haven't seen a cup car in person. They'll get a chance to witness something like that. So. I think that's a pretty neat deal and a pretty cool thing. And it's always great to see smoke. I know Tam is probably really, really happy about that one. So I think that's a, a really, really cool deal overall. And yeah, it should, it should be a fun weekend in Coda. And as a matter of fact, for my Formula One fans as well, Lewis Hamilton does have a chance to notch his world championship there. So I think if he wins, I think he's good to go or he does something. I'm not sure what the points ramification is for that for him. But if he does, then he should be world champion there. So you may get a chance to witness some world history if you actually are at the track in Austin. So that's a pretty cool deal. And it's getting closer and closer and closer to the end of the racing season. It's crazy how fast this year has gone by, but we've only got a couple more weeks left in cup. And same thing with many other series across the board. So. I think that is just about all your boy Front Row Kenny has. But of course, you already know, I have got to, got to, got to, got to, got to give my predictions. So heading into Texas, I'm going to say Kyle Larson is going to be my winner. I thought he had a really good spring race until his tire cut down and he wrecked out very early, but he had a very, very fast car. I think this could be big time for him, honestly. It could be a real, real big thing for him. And I think if he gets his way to Miami, he's probably going to wipe the floor with everybody running that high line. And I think he can do it. He's one of the best at doing so there. And I think if he can somehow, some way muster up a win at Texas, that'll be a great thing for him, of course, rolling the Phoenix. And then after that, it'll be all over. But of course, I got to give an alternative pick as well. And this is another guy who ran really well in the spring, but just had some trouble as well. I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney has had a great car all season long. Despite him only getting that win at Talladega this season, I think he has always had solid pace all season amongst his Penske teammates. I feel like he's kind of overshadowed by Brad and, and Joey at times, but I think he has the pace, honestly. He's got real strong pace at Texas, and I think he'll probably do the same thing heading into this weekend. So it's going to be a real good one. Definitely looking forward to it. I enjoyed the race in the spring. I thought it was much, much better, and I think um, fresh paved tracks with that package work really well, especially at Texas. I thought it was good. And, and I haven't really said that about Texas in quite some time, but I thought it was a solid race out there last time. So 
with that being said, those are my picks. I don't know about you, Tam. Let me know what your picks are. And as always, it has been your boy, Front Row Kenny. Okay, it is time for my predictions. Wow, no history lesson. And not only no history lesson, I forgot to give you guys the top 10. Yeah, that was a long hashtag Tam's rent when I started this podcast. There's really no reason to give you guys the top 10, but what I will do is break down the playoff drivers, the eight drivers that are still in it. I will break down where they came in and I'll tell you who I think is going to win at Texas Motor Speedway. Martin Truex Jr. won the race. Denny Hamlin came in fourth. Ryan Blaney, fifth. Harvick, seventh. Joy Logano, eighth. Kyle Larson, ninth. Kyle Busch, 14th. And your boy Chase Elliott came in 36. He's not mathematically eliminated yet, but your boy Chase has to drive his you-know-what off at Texas. Okay, so with that being said, I am actually going to pick Denny Hamlin to win at Texas. Although we know Chase usually brings it at Texas, and he seems to do well at Texas. He's not my pick. I think Joy, not that he was a sleeping giant, but I feel like Joy woke up a sleeping giant. So Hamlin for the win. And I am going to go with, you know what? I'm going to make it fun. This is a fantasy. I'm going to go with Joy Logano as my alternative. I'm going to go with Hamlin and Joy Logano duking it out at Texas and finishing one, two. That's what I'm doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to All Turns No Breaks. I promise you, Renee will be back next week from Las Vegas. His Astros, they will do what they will do, and hopefully he's happy. The Cowboys are just going to be what they're going to be. And yeah, that's it. So thank you for listening to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. We appreciate you. And we look forward to talking to you or talking with you or talking at you, however you want to say it. We look forward to talking next week on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. See ya. That was what Kenny usually would say, but I'm saying it. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 